Okay, no no sacred Hebrew music. Just straight into it. <laughs> See, I sorted my playlist out. <laughs> All good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, I'm so happy for you, Mike. Well, good to see you guys. Um, we missed last week. That was my fault. Sorry about that. But um, we're back and uh, we've got a cool idea um, to talk a little bit about. Uh, well, why don't you go ahead and, and give us a bit of an intro as to why you want us to deal with um, this particular thing, Andre? Right. So, uh, well, uh, someone I know uh, was listening to uh, a set of lectures by Gary Williams. He was just interested in. I think they were teaching on on Noah. And who's, so, who's Gary um, Williams? So Gary Williams is. I was getting there. I was going to get there. Oh, okay. Oh, you know, just give me some space. Yeah. Give me some Sorry, time. my mind's orderly. I do it in the proper order, but you carry on. <laughs> Thank you. Well, anyway, so and he was looking for some talks on Noah, and so he went onto the Pastors Academy um, website where. I think someone had recommended to him some talks on Noah by someone named Gary Williams. Fair enough. Now, uh, the Pastors Academy is what was formerly called London Theological Seminary. It's mm. basically the kind of conservative reformed, it's the reformed Baptist seminary, you know, of, yeah. uh, of, yeah. of the UK. It's the famous one, you know. We've, we've got a guy. And, um, and to be honest, it, it had kind of been like my dream to study there. Mm. It, it used to be called the... The master's program used to be called the John Owen Center. Mm, I remember so you talking about that all like the time. Like, yeah. yeah, I've still, I've still got, I've still got the bookmark, you know, that I use, I keep in my Bible because it was like, I was like, I gotta get you, I gotta get you. So, mm. I, I've got a huge amount of respect for uh, the Pastors Academy and a huge amount of respect for Gary Williams, who's a bit of a gun, um, <laughs> and he is the principal of the Pastors Academy. So, the Reverend yeah. Doctor Gary Williams. Yeah. No, I've, uh, I've enjoyed the stuff that I've read by him um, and yeah, and, and, you know, talks and, and lecture things that have popped up from time to time. So, um, yeah, and I think he does, a, I think he does, you know, you can see that he's, he's a good speaker and a good handler of scripture from the talks. Good lecturer. Yeah. Good lecturer. A little bit British. But, um, you see, I love he's it. It's like, I oh, love it. Love oh, chaps. Yes, we're going yeah, to look exactly. at Meredith yeah. Klein. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh boy, how long is it over yet? Oh, so bored. <laughs> so bored. Like, it was like, I and, understand and, you know, it from someone as American as you, Mike. This and, might, uh, sound, <laughs> yeah, might sound. And you put it, you know, you put it on like double speed and then it goes like Americans have a bit of a slang slur thing that kind of, you know, works well on double speed, but British guys, they just go. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds just gets Everybody loves it. What are you talking about? No. I don't know. And then you put it back to, anyway. to normal speed and it's like, oh, I'm going to pull my eye out because it's so boring. <laughs> Well, to be fair, people are putting us on double speed right now. That's fine. We work well on so, double speed, hey, except for our intro song. I just, just hitting the skip skip plus, plus skip 30 skip. seconds skip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 30 seconds, 30 seconds. The 30 second skip is <laughs> a almost... way, way better plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one time. Anyway, so he's um, in uh, at some point. I don't know. It seemed like it was quite a while ago now. 2017, fair, but... I think the dates that I saw. Okay. Really? Um, he put out 2020, a, a, yeah. Nah, I couldn't the have podcast been, You had thing. to scroll like to like. Oh, it was like two pages ago. Oh, okay, no, uh, it's twenty thirteen conference. Twenty thirteen conference, yeah. But it's uploaded yeah, on 20, 2020. Yeah, okay, cool. There you go. Yeah, you had to scroll back away to 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 find it. But mm. um, anyway, I looked it up, and he did two lectures on the Noahic 
covenant as a mm. part of the kind of covenant theology thing. And in particular, um, on whether or not the Noe covenant is a common grace covenant. Um, and so I, I listened to it and I although, thought, actually, although he doesn't, he, he says, everyone's okay with it being a common grace covenant. The issue is just, is it redemptive as a common grace covenant? You know, yeah. is it, I is thought, it... I thought he was saying that he recognizes there's common grace there, but it's a redemptive covenant. Right. Yeah. No, as long as we're making that clarification, that's fine. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. So he's not and, denying uh, common grace. Yeah. And it's but, a yeah. deep engagement with Van Drunen's book, Living in God's Two Kingdoms. Yeah. Ah, that's yeah. Deep, yeah. deep. It's a bit of a stretch there. Nick. Yeah. What I mean it's, is, it's an it's the, main, the main topic of the of discussion is he's basically aiming at one book, nice. taking on one argument and wanting to hammer it out. Yeah, good. Yeah, and, and to be honest, it is probably one of the better engagements I've I've, I've come across on it. Um, you know, it, it was the least straw man engagement. That I was a bit worried yep. in the first talk because it started off, and I was thinking, no man, you're just you're missing the the entire. Uh, the entire thing about there being two covenants and um, and then in the second talk, I think he pulls out more sophisticated arguments. So anyway, wow. I, so to me, it was the, it was one of the best engagements um, of, tell of the subject. And given so that this some, is like our, our thing. Can you give us a quick rundown on the second talk? Because I think Nick and I both bailed on the first. Guys. I sent you the link to the second. Yeah, well, I only got through the first. I didn't have time for the well, second. Well, we wanted to do the first, and we're like, you know, I don't know, dude. This is so crazy. But you know, I've got some thoughts. But but like, it'd be good to know where he goes in the second. You know, I mean, you know, obviously we can't launch this massive full-on response if we haven't listened to it all. But it just just uh, as a matter of discussion, I, have, I haven't got, I haven't got my like, I haven't got any notes. I Why did yeah, you find no, it compelling? Why did you find it compelling? Well, I don't, I don't know if I did find it. Com it's not like it changed my mind. Mm -hmm. But um, why did you feel it was, was a thinking... good, um, good, good engagement? Where, where was the sophistication of the argument? Just from uh, a knee-jerk response, you know. Um, so in the so you get into the kind of nitty-gritty of the redemptive aspects of the of the covenant, mm -hmm. and he does engage with with the fact that Van Drunen does acknowledge in the second talk. He sort of engages with the acknowledgement that there are redemptive features and even a redemptive covenant. But he just disagrees that exegetically. Okay. And he he uses he basically takes the the argument the principles on the of the argument and he shows how if you applied that to other areas of scripture it wouldn't work. And right. so you know at that level he's basically taking a step back and he's looking at the kind of the the assumptions behind the exegesis and he's saying yeah. that those assumptions were wrong. Right. And at that level, I thought actually, um, even though again, I'm not sure I was entirely persuaded by it, mm. um, and I'm not sure it was entirely. Um, it, it was weird. I sort of went through moments where I thought, okay, he has understood this, and then other moments where I thought, okay, well, why? It's like he understood it when he sets up Van Drunen's view at the beginning. It seems pretty accurate. I was like, yeah, yeah okay, that's fair. He seems to yeah. be being, yeah and everything mm -hmm. but then when he starts to attack it um it's like he just wasn't engaging with the stuff that he had said about yeah Van or, and the whole know, first talk was basically like that the whole first mm. talk i was just like well okay your second point maybe but it's it's like it's not even like a major argument from my memory of mm -hmm. Van Drunen. so he was kind of like picking on a sub argument 
and 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 whether it's true or not honestly wouldn't determine a huge amount and the first argument was just a total well hang on a second nobody's denying that there's anything nobody's denying that there's something redemptive going on in noah um and so that whole first argument just kind of fell flat but um yeah the second argument dug a little bit deeper which is so the second okay. the second talk is the main one which i think i did indicate in my uh, in my message to you guys <laughs> yeah no no fair enough okay so so you know one of the things that um I, you know I've, okay so here's what i'll say up, uh, up front we don't necessarily want to go after anyone that's got an opinion about client and you know definitely don't want to start i mean i well i mean every now and again an interesting article pops up and it might be worth engaging or some some good talk and so I suppose I went into it just looking at that link, thinking, well, maybe we'll look at it, maybe we won't. Let me just give it a listen at that first round. And um, I suppose one of the big things that popped out to me is not so much a, a desire to kind of respond and engage with his argument uh, as much as just the point that I felt that he drew out in his response um, that I feel is that we could just develop positively anyway that would be helpful for anyone listening to this podcast. So, I mean, you guys can go, if you're listening to this, you can go and... Um, you know, look at it. It's uh, I'm not going to put the link on. Come on, Pastors Academy. Pastors Academy. Just Google it. You'll get that. If you, you go to the Pastors Academy podcast and you scroll back like a few pages, you'll see that there's Noah and the this old school. The covenant. Or just type it up in Google. You know, Noah and in Covenant Theology. Gary Williams. You'll get it. Just go there. Gary with um, double R. Yeah. Double R. Like Harry, but with a G. <laughs> there we go. So that's our plug for Gary Williams for the day. My goodness. Anything else you want to say about him, Nick? I mean, you're spelling his name out for him. <laughs> well, <laughs> well Williams is too. Well. Search, search properly. No, yeah. All right. Search properly. Go, <laughs> go check it out if you're interested. But you don't have to. The idea is that's what we've been listening to and engaging with. You don't have to check it out. But if you want to, there it is. Right. Now, in terms of what we, what I thought we could do, which is, um, you know, perhaps just more interesting for, for those who are kind of tuning in for a bit of a Kleinian dose or basically just wanting to, you know, uh, keep nurturing that Kleinian system. Uh, it won't be any surprise that, that Van Drunen's quite a big, you know, two kingdom proponent guy and relies heavily on Klein. And often in the past, we've, we've mentioned uh, that, you know, for a great little summary of covenant theology and really Klein's covenant theology, go to two kingdoms, uh, his living uh, God's two kingdoms, that little popular book that he wrote, um, and the first half is just worth its money on its own, right? Just to, just to read that first half. Uh, it's just a great little abbreviated summary of covenant theology. And no matter what you do with the two kingdom thing afterwards. And, um, and then the second part does go into how that applies for two kingdoms. I really suggest, I, I recommend that book wholeheartedly. I love it. Uh, uh, you know, Van Druden's like, I don't know, he's a very lucid writer. You know, sometimes like on the bigger works, it gets a little bit too... Uh, I don't want to say stilted, but it's like just, oh, it's quite formulaic. And, Moves away you know, from the big picture into the finer analysis. He gets quite fine and, and, and he's always very lucid and I appreciate that about him, but it's just, it sort of lacks that poetic sort of carry along sometimes that you feel in in reading in, in writings like Klein and perhaps uh, Horton and so forth. But uh, anyway, uh, not to give him some sort of random literary critique there, go and check that, that, that book out because obviously that's what Gary Williams is looking at as well. Now, uh, one of the things for us, though, is, is that it's important that, you know, and Gary Williams opens up with this question. This got, got me buzzing because I thought this is a good thing for us to kind of chew through. He opens up with the question, how does Noah feature in your system theolo of theology? You might not have put it in those exact words, but something like that. Is that more or less right? 
from what you guys remember? Yep. How does Noah? How does Noah fit into your theology? Yeah. Yeah. And I like the way he used the idea of just a you know your system, and and then he gave a, a few sort of examples of those who would think like, what the heck? Why are you even asking that question? You know, what a what a you know random, not relevant for missionaries and church planters. You know, so I really resonated with all of that opening because he's feeling it. You know, he's seeing that. Oh my goodness, if you take this path. This is big in terms of cultural engagement, in terms of mission, the yeah. church's spirituality. So he's really feeling that point, and he's obviously going in the different different direction to 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 me or to us. Um, but but um, you know he he's driving the point home as we would want to drive it home. And it is important for you to ask the question of how Noah features in your covenant theology or how your your system of theology. And um, and he uh you know he does i think uh, what i appreciated about it as well was that he he does mention that you know the debate gets ugly and that's not his intent uh, it isn't you know he he said van drunen very clearly is part of the reformed team you know and 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 so yeah. it's, it, he's not wanting to push it in that direction um and so all all nasty comments to proceed after this must be taken in light of intramural debate <laughs> no I, I i think that that's that was really important the way that he situated the discussion clearly within mm. orthodox reform thinking and trust um, me that does not very... always happen you know no and and there were a couple of moments throughout the talk where he kind of like pauses and he's like if we were in america right now you'd be setting fire to the benches at the back you know and, and yeah. you could tell the british students are just not getting it like what what like what, yeah okay what's the big deal right and it is right. i mean it is a reminder as well that you know the that ref, uh, reform thinking in the uk and reform thinking in the states does have different emphases yeah. you know? we're in but, different places in terms of the culture wars and are we taking yeah, ex exactly you know, if we talk about taking culture back then two kingdoms doesn't fit into that. That's the wrong language for two kingdoms. Yeah, and it's that interesting. Just people. if you think yeah. about yeah, America yeah. and even the plausibility of theonomy and so forth, it just you know, as we've spoken about this before, but like in New Zealand, it's just like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. Like, it's even not even really an option. Good. But it's no, but no even point. Yeah. But I think the UK is an interesting. You can one little... kingdom all you like. <laughs> it's not going to do. Right, but I think the UK kind of like you know you've got this weird sort of king and and. Uh, 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 king uh, above the, got the, the church queen. kind of thing. We've got the queen. Yeah. The queen One of, duke and duchess less. Yeah. You know, it's just that, that Anglican yeah. vibe that, that, yeah. that isn't the We're not the unhappy about that. Sorry, we've got a bit of a drag on the internet tonight. But uh, uh, the, so just wait till I finish talking is what I'm saying, Andre. Yeah, well, Nick and I, we're, riff, we're, we're riffing a bit. Right. You know, you can't, drag, you can't king, wait for that drag, kind of queen. thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He went Apologies. there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you see? So you did you guys Mike? see that? Uh, did you guys see that remark? Uh, <clears throat> that that five star review that we got about us being kind of douchey. So you can't say douchey on the internet. It's a bad word. Well, yeah, it's offensive. I'm offended. I didn't say it. I'm just repeating it, right? <laughs> like, yeah, so like I, I just, they like us, question. but we're kind did of the douchey. guy who said that we were douchey. Did the guy said that we were dishy? Did that guy know you? Because that no. that for me would. I well, I, I'm no. sorry if I'm offending you right now, and you said it, but I don't think I know you. Um, <laughs> I, I like to think of it as douche. It sounds very French. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, this, my my thought was like, what does he mean by douchey though? Does he mean like like Nick douchey, or does he mean like <laughs> like like Andre douchey? You know, because like that's a different kind of douchey. And and maybe he was is, just using his an umbrella term. 
because it's like I don't know because like douchey can be kind of I don't know in my mind it could be like you're an arrogant jerk you know or it can be kind of like you're kind of clumsy douche you big like douche. these these like, these a, like, like a like a douche these like old grandpa type guys who just like think they're real funny but aren't uh, oh it's exactly yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so what kind and un- un- unveil yourself man what kind of douchey yeah. are we be more you constructive know? with your feedback seriously we need to work on our douchiness you know killing me over here all right yeah. oh no Anyway, it's okay, I only, anyway. I only cried for three days. It's like our only rating on the internet, and we're called douches. <laughs> <laughs> but they still listen. So, you know, our douchiness works for us somehow. Bro. Um, all right. So, so you know, coming back to this whole thing with, uh, you know, you got, he is taking it from a kind of British standpoint. That's interesting. And you've got all sorts of things to think about there. But just, you know, thinking further about his whole, um, uh, take on, on Van Drunen. Uh, he basically hones in, he zeroes in on Van Drunen as this like two kingdom advocate based on Klein, which is kind of interesting. I can't help but find that, um, you know, it's it's classic, you know, this is why I've kind of done the, the research that I've done because it's kind of, he's basing it on this presupposition. If you guys, I don't know if you guys watched the thing with um, Gregory Baus that we did the other day, which is kind of, you know, just a conversation like that, no matter what you make of it, really shatters that presupposition at some level at least at least it leaves a bit of a question mark over you know what what to what degree is this whole thing you know Kleinian as uh, Van Drunen has put it forward but he sort of seems to presume all of that and and go forward with it and um and in his whole process of of thinking about um the Noah covenant which is you know rightly Van Drunen's big advance and field as he works it out in terms of natural law and so forth um he he starts to kind of you know critique the 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 position and i agree with you and i think i think it was um i think it was a i really i didn't disagree with anything he was saying about van drunen you know so i didn't represented the view well no storming yeah i appreciate that there's always a good start you know uh, even if it gets undone later on it's just good you know to to begin that way um and so not wanting to you know necessarily quick you know not do him the same courtesy and sort of just start critiquing him without even uh you know viewing both of his uh, uh little talks um just just taking that question what has Noah to do with your covenant theology what what is what is the place of Noah? one of the things i noticed in the first talk and maybe maybe he does uh, go back on this or, or kind of um make this a bit more convincing in the second talk but is that it seemed to me that he he falls into the kind of trap that I've seen over and over again, just in the various readings. So this is why it resonated so deeply with me. When people critique Van Drun as a kind of Kleinian proponent, what often happens is they just do not put him in context to the greater Kleinian system. You know, leaving aside the question of whether Klein necessarily leads to Van Drunen's Two Kingdom thing or, or some more moderated position, you know, even so, like just to think about Van Drunen, who's operating on this this Kleinian system, basically, you know, to to just talk about the Noah Covenant in a way that's detached from uh, the the covenant of works, the covenant of grace, the you know, the covenant from eternity, you know, just the, the way that Klein brings it all together um, 
is it's I don't just, even think he mentioned the covenant of works. I don't remember one reference to it. He does in in relation to uh, the issue of justification. He sort of alludes to it. He says, well, you know, yeah. uh, to the degree that we sort of see this as the work of Christ, we, you know, and then he sort of makes the comparison to holiness and says, well, you know, Christ has earned our holiness, but we're kind of in Christ. Yeah, but he holiness. doesn't speak of Adam being situated no. in the covenant of works and the reference to how dominion plays into the covenant of works. Exactly. You know, and that's the big issue, because if you don't start <clears throat> with the issue of what Adam was called to do, then, you know, it's going to be fuzzy from that point on. You've got to start with the concrete, like what, what is the reference point for everything we're thinking about in terms of Christ as the second Adam? So then you're asking yeah. questions like, okay, well, what, what is Adam supposed to do? Is he, is he to bring in a new humanity and completely subdue the earth and bring in the eschaton, you know, through his subduing of like a, having absolute mastery of, of, of his domain and thus earning heaven essentially i mean is that is that true or not because that that's like everything you know in, in the question so yeah it's a, it's a real omission if he doesn't go there in the second um um uh talk but even if he doesn't that's the point i want to bring out anyway any critique of van drunen is not going to stand unless you look at it in terms of that system starting with the covenant of works you have to talk about that uh the, you know it, it's interesting just in a, uh, i'm not sure I'm, I'm pretty sure gregory um the guy I spoke to in the last episode, if someone was listening, um, I'm, I'm sure you won't mind me mentioning this, but you know, this is kind of an interesting point because one of the things that I know that he is not as sure about or doesn't feel as convinced about is the relationship that Klein advocates between the Dominion Mandate and the Covenant of Works. So you can understand how that would give him a little leeway to kind of work with Dovid. And and to the degree that you've sort of latched on, as Van Drunen has, to, to Klein's position, that the covenant of works is the um, the dominion mandate. They're one and the same thing in terms of short range and long range goals. Um, then you're you're kind of stuck on this point, and you you're gonna you're gonna um, you're gonna need to define this carefully as you think about anything going on from from that after the fall. Yeah. Can you just can you just unpack that a little bit more, Mike, in terms of the the, the dominion mandate uh, being the covenant of works? So right. you know, and and in terms of the 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 goals and the outcome, just 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 lay it open for a second. Yeah. So I mean, basically, you've got Adam in the garden, right? And he, um, and just to give you a quick little, you know, uh, protological eschatology, the thing that could have happened, but didn't, you know, uh, the thing that Adam was tasked to do, he's in the garden. Uh, he's got a priestly mandate, right, to protect Shema, the garden, uh, crush the head of the serpent as he encroaches and so forth. Fails to do that, but. Uh, that was his short-range requirement. That was the, the, the kind of one act of righteousness in f uh, standing for the Lord against the serpent. Um, should he have passed that probationary test, um, you know, he wouldn't have immediately, that's not the eschaton happening at that point. That's not like the end of story moving into uh, the consummation. Then he would have been uh, brought into a state in which to uh, he would have uh, been able to then proceed with the building of megapolis, as as uh, Klein calls it. This, and, and you know, who knows how long history would have lasted at that point? But he's mm. he's basically bringing into creation a a new humanity. You know, that's what's happening. So just think, like again, the reference point here is is the second Adam. He's bringing into uh, creation new humanity. Uh, he's building the temple city to its full capacity, and then the end comes. And this uh, via God's own doing through this uh, this consummation flash, this uh, epiphanic flash, as as Klein calls it, uh, he brings into uh, you know all the scaffolding falls away and, and everything that was created 
um, then uh, that was uh, intended to move into the eschaton uh, goes through. And so it, it continues from that point, I suppose, in a similar way to the way we see our eschatology working out. Um, the only difference there is that, of course, you know, the, all things are not united under Christ at that point. And, you know, it, it's kind of the, the eschatology that never was meant to be in, the, in that sense. Um, and so... Um, you've got I mean, to and some of that won't be new. Some of that is classic Vantel stuff, isn't it? With the covenant of a covenant of works that where um, kind of you know creation wasn't the end goal. But the, uh, well, the you know, I'm, you know, to the degree I'm not entirely sure where Vantel stood on on that exact point, but but you know, certainly with Vass or um, you know Bavink or um, who else? I don't know. You've got Fridabas. You know, they all speak of this um, in some way, shape, or form, and in that sense, it, it reflects a Dutch brand of, of, of kind of. Uh, I think Ventil said it, but somebody else yeah. can correct me if anyone's listening to this. And I've angered them by my Ventil reference. In general, feel free to point. You just it don't out. want to say anything about Ventil ever. <laughs> yeah, ever. No, don't want to go there. Because I heard, Ventil well, I was is listening. I, I was reminded of this because yeah. I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to Reform Forum, and they yeah. were drawing out this exact point. So okay. I feel confident yeah. in my well, session. Well, you know, I wouldn't uh, be surprised the, at all because the authority Vantel is, of Reformed Forum. Yeah, yeah, Vantel is is in that realm. I mean, he's working with this whole uh, idea. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't at all. You know, I don't think Klein shut out on his own. But it is true that Klein develops this protological eschatology in ways that other guys don't. So you know, I think that's um, that's his unique contribution. But he's not. He's not in principle moving away from something that's been quite established. But uh, anyways, coming back to the point, though, you know, with with this whole um, this uh, issue, you know, if you if you critique Van Drunen's view, which is really it has that in mind. Right. This is uh, this is he's got the yeah. starting point. He's got the reference point. He's got the in-between point, the the penultimate phase of the Noe covenant. He's got all of this going on. And to just deal with uh, Van Drunen. Um, as he does, based on some some sort of little, you know, almost a truncated section there of, of the Noah Covenant, uh, it's just not going to work. And you're going to end up messing up the critique. As I think it's it started like, it started sounding like he did that, you know? And and again, well, leaving... Yeah, but can I, can I just push push back on that a little bit? Because yep. I think that's... It's a, it, there's a bit of a balance, isn't there? Because any system that's worth its salt has to have legitimate touch points with exegesis yeah so you know if one of the key um exegetical moments or or, or undergirdings of van Drunen's system is his yeah. exegesis of the noah covenant yeah. and surely you can critique that exegesis i think in you and can. Of itself and say but i didn't in that yeah. first lecture didn't hear any compelling or any exegesis i don't think at all but any compelling exegesis certainly uh, concerning. Yeah. All he did is he he referenced the fact that Van Drunen acknowledged that that Noah was like a type of Adam, right. and then what he did is he, in a very gentlemanly manner, he tried to show how inconsistent Van Drunen was with his own assertions, exactly. and tried to show that if well, if Noah is a type of new Adam, that means he has also been given dominion, dominion, and then he quoted that verse, yeah, where there seems to be a reinstitution of the dominion mandate, yeah, and. Therefore, yeah, there must be a redemptive dominion kingdom moving forward. Right. So, so he's the one moving into this conceptual argument, you know, uh, based on the greater system, in order to prove his point. Now, again, like you know, no reference to the second uh, talk, but but you know, at that level, if he had just left it there, let's say, you know, and I've, I've heard this before, and so I'm really thinking less of 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 this particular critique and more just of that general process of oh, well, don't you understand that you know it's possible for us to kind of be 
partakers of the Adamic commission without without um necessarily you know uh getting in the way of 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 the second adam and and it doesn't make any concrete reference to the system that 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 van Drenen is really pushing or Klein's really pushing so i think uh you know anything that's got to come at it like that has got to come at it at a conceptual level to some degree but i agree with you that in terms of exegesis i mean it's true every system has to have its touch point it has to work you know and i think Klein's done a stellar job in providing that um if anything you know he's he's where where dogmatics got a little out of hand with reformed theology prior to to Klein, I think Klein really brought it home and and just said, okay, well, here's why I think you know a biblical theological analysis of the covenants actually do bring out the system of covenant theology. Um, but what just in case uh, we get to uh, abstract after this, let me just say, you know, any anyone that deals with Van Drunen's argument has to deal with the covenant of works uh, in the garden with Adam and the dominion mandate as it wraps up into that they have to talk about that secondly what, what i did notice in this first talk and i don't know how far he goes into this in the second one but gary williams was 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 totally i mean one of the statements i can't remember it verbatim but it was something like don't you understand that it's possible to be like you know have a redemptive covenant look at israel's covenant you know um look at the way they were all redemptive i mean we could be redemptive and yet not get in the way of the person and work of christ and so forth well i mean that is is just you know that's like the cardinal sin in in, in anything klein is saying because that's that's neglecting the republication idea or the the intrusion element and, and that israel is unique and off the table in terms of anything we're supposed to be copying so if there is um if there is any talk about the way that Israel can do this and therefore we can do this, you have to deal not only with the covenant works, but of the Mosaic covenant as an intrusion, as a republication. You have to, it's a big subject, but you got to go there, right? If you're going to critique Van Drunen, because he does rely on that idea as well as part of the system. So Noah fits into that system. And then third, you have to, of course, talk about, uh, you know, the, 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 the pactum salutis and the way that works out in the covenant of grace with Christ as the head of the church now fulfilling the dominion mandate, which is, you know, you've got very compelling things going on with Christ actually doing dominion, you know, when he's, when he's coming and kicking out demons and having dominion over, you know, earth and skies, so to speak, he is, um, he is doing what really Adam is supposed to do there. And he is bringing into the world a new humanity, via being, you know, just thinking about uh, this morning, this uh, talk that he had with Nicodemus, where he's like, listen, if you're not born from above, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. And so there's this idea of, of a rebirth, a, a bringing into the world again, along with a complete dominion. So you have to reference that. You have to talk about that. Otherwise, it just, you know, it just doesn't, it's not it's the water off a duck's back to anyone that's listening to who is sold out on that system. So I don't know why I'm helping yeah people who want to critique client but there we go um that's what you have to that's what you have to do and then the two sub points if i could just bring out the two sub points quick and then i'll i'll stop talking for a while you have to talk about the definition of the kingdom you can't you know that word just gets thrown around and it's a, i think it's kind of a sub point of the covenant of grace idea in that is the kingdom some sort of merge of what this is now you know and and with the redemptive kingdom well okay that's going to matter or if the kingdom equals the new creation yeah then you know again that's very lucid that's obviously everyone's you know i think that's such a helpful point because if 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 the kingdom is the new creation 
then even the term redemption, as long as we mean we're not bringing in the kingdom, you know, which I, I can't imagine anyone sane would say, you know, then we're almost saying the same thing. And it sounded like that was happening in that critique again. You know, it, it, it came down to semantic. And that's also using so the word redemptive in a very, very, very broad way. So if redemption, way. exactly. If redemption means like you're actually bringing about the eschaton intruded into this current world, which is obviously only happening in, in regeneration. Uh, well, you know, then, I mean, who's going to fight that point? But if redemption, if the, the kingdom means something different, if redemption means something different, then you're, you're working on semantics and we might be agreeing at some level and it's just kind of turns into a ridiculous talk. Um, so that's that. And then of course, the final point, which I've, I detected coming through in, in a lot of what he was saying there is, well, he didn't say it explicitly, but it, the possibility, and I've seen this just, I'm working off a thousand critiques that I've looked at is the role of grace in law, right? The, the role of, 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 in other words, if you think about a guy like Frame, for example, or any mono, functional mono-covenantalist, he's basically going to go, in every covenant, God gives grace, and we produce works that bring about blessings, and that just, that just looks different in different phases. So Israel, yeah. that, you know, as God, God brought him out of the land, that's the grace, grace. regulated by law. Yeah, yeah constituted and, and regulated, exactly. So, and then, and then you've just got to, You've just got to produce those, you know, works of obedience based on grace. And then you're blessed or cursed as a result, you know, because it's just a blessing to walk in the ways of the Lord. And it's just really not good. You know, you just basically gonna... congruent merit. There you go. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so you've got like, you know, that, that's, that's, that's coming through in a lot of reform theology. I mean, that's like a big thing, you know, that's a normal approach in, in some circles. And so what is the deal with grace before the fall? Is there grace before the fall? Is it demerited favor? Is it, you know, all of those questions become key as you try and process this. So what am I saying? I mean, all, you know, leaving aside the issue of exegesis of the Noah covenant, which I think, you know, one of the most compelling arguments I've seen for this is Miles uh, Van Pelt's thing in the new covenant theology uh, book that came out with all those essays, which uh, if we're able, I'd like to come back on and do some, some talking through uh, a lot of those essays together, but, but um, just really amazing, you know, just, just taking everything Klein has said and everything everyone has said and just kind of working it through it, working through it at an exegetical level, saying things like, listen, you know, you've got very lucid differences here. When, when Noah is talking about, or sorry, when God is talking to Noah prior to the flood, he's using singular personal pronouns, you know, uh, whereas afterwards it's it's definitely it's it's all plural you know plural. so we just yeah. have different things there just based on the pure exegesis of of the text um you can't ignore that and then secondly obviously you got the remembrance thing you know god is bringing to remembrance different substantial things so either he's remembering the covenant of grace which leads to salvation very clearly in in, in noah's case uh, or he's remembering what he's promised to preserve you know so you have to you know, there's a big exegetical case to be made. So you can go exegesis if you want, but you just have to go there carefully. And it's not compelling otherwise, you know, uh, you have to look at it properly. So those are some initial just kind of oh, knee-jerk thoughts, which, I mean, uh, you know, I imagine if Gary Williams was, looking, was listening to this, he'd be like, what the heck? You, know, you haven't even given me the time of day. And, and I would hear that. And, you know, I'm not trying to, but I'm just almost taking his argument as a bit of a springboard for the millions of bad arguments I've heard just to try and help uh, anyone listening to this um, as they process the millions of blog posts or whatever anyone has to say about client, just ask those questions, ask those, where does Noah fit in your system? You know, is essentially yeah. a brilliant question to ask. 
and it helps you to get to some clarity on the issue. Yeah, any, yeah any other thoughts? I think, um, well, I, I, I agree with that because I think that a, a big, one of the most difficult things for me to get, get my head around with this whole system was the relationship of Adam to Noah. Um, yeah. And, and kind of, you know, it, you know, you, you start getting into, you know, my sort of journey was from coming out of, from a more sort of, you know, into systematics, then got into biblical theology. And so I was, you know, very keen on tracing out this thing. And you see this whole kind of idea of Noah doing what Adam, you know, and it, it, it seems so clear. And so, mm-hmm. you know, at that level, it was kind of difficult. I remember having a couple of conversations with you, Mike, where I was like, well, I'm not talking about, you're like, well, no, that can't be about Adam because Adam was Adam. And and I'm like, well, I'm talking about Noah and there's kind of the same thing going on here. And so mm. I think you're right. I think placing um, Noah and his relationship to Adam is is probably the one that's, that w- for me was hardest to get my head around. But, mm. um, but I think probably is going to, to help people to fairly understand. So the, for example, like, being... you know, I mean, you've got Adam who's got this task of total mastery, right? And, you know, I'll, we can come back to, to the exegesis there on, uh, in terms of what, what that means exactly, what he was tasked to do. But, you know, I would argue it's total mastery that he was supposed to have, right? Um, now, just the, the reality of death does not allow for it. This is the, the significance of the curse. Right? We can't have total mastery over the creation. It has mastery over us. It's an inversion of dominion. You know, we go into the earth. We don't master the earth. The earth masters us in that sense. And uh, you know, just yeah. by virtue of the fact that the fall is still in place, and you see that as Noah gets drunk, like straight after this typological new creation. Yes, there are remnants of Adam, but as Klein says, in a refracted sense, uh, only does the dominion mandate get reissued. It's the same thing, but to ameliorative preservative ends penultimate ends rather than uh, eschatological ends you know and, and yeah. does it does it is it connected to redemption of course <clears throat> it subserves re- redemption as i think gary williams did bring out uh you know of our position it subserves redemption in that it it, it allows for a humanity to save it allows for uh, the savior to come it, it allows um uh, the the, the yeah. program of God to go forward and us not to build Babel and kill ourselves and strangle ourselves before we even uh, begin. But, you know, those those are different ends, ultimately. And um, so, you know, I appreciated the point also that we do have a dominion mandate. And, you know, it's a point that Klein is big on. We uh, He's emphatic that we must master the atoms, you know, as, as he says. But, um, but, you know, this is... Not in the same way Adam did. Yeah. Not to bring in the eschaton, not not with a promise. Yeah. You know, and one of the things I tried to bring out in my in one of my chapters on the dissertation was the way that the rainbow and the Sabbath sign need to be contrasted. You know, you've got the, you've got yeah. the rainbow, which is this beautiful sort of oath stance of God preserving creation and so forth and, you know, echoing that, that first creation. Whereas the, it's no, there's no Sabbath. As Klein points out, there's no Sabbath promise at the Noah Covenant. There's no promise of eschaton. There's no promise of the seventh day, which again, as we reflect on, on the initial covenant with Adam, you know, is really important because it, the whole climactic moment of that opening narrative, you know, in, in the first parts of Genesis 2, is this unending day, this reality of the Sabbath, this, this uh, time that God rests and calls us into that same Sabbath rest. This is the whole premise behind Hebrews. So, you know, the fact that that's just completely omitted 
you know, over and above the fact that we can't get mastery anyway, we can't even do, we can't bring in a new humanity. You know, we can't, we can't bring in, um, we can't have total mastery. You can't do what Adam was supposed to do, even if there are similarities. That's just the bottom line. Um, and and it makes perfect sense then that we don't have a Sabbath promise. Um, but who does have a Sabbath promise? You know, who, where is that Sabbath fulfilled? Well, Jesus very clearly does fulfill that by his dominion and bringing into um, the earth a new populace. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's a very lucid system when you map it out like that. But, you know, it, you've got to, it's just that big picture that you've got to be holding out all the time. And um, yeah. yeah, maybe just a comment, the thing that stuck out for me as I was listening to him, one of the questions that he asked, because he was trying to set up a parity between Adam and Noah, Adam had dominion, and then their, their language was repeated yeah. after the flood, seemingly to recapitulate the dominion mandate, yeah. making a, an argument for a redemptive kingdom, moving, uh, dominion kingdom moving forward. Mm. And uh, so he put the question this way, how do you get to be a new Adam? And he sort of put that question out there to show that, you know, as, as you read the reissuing of the so-called uh, dominion mandate that, you know, Noah's being set up in that role. Mm. And uh, so I just quickly opened up uh, 1 Corinthians 15, um, because in one sense, there are lots of people who seem to typify Adam as it, as they point forward to Christ. Right, right, There's certainly point. a typological way in which people echo Adam. Yes. There's another way in which there's only two Adams. Exactly. Um, and uh, so, and, and just to just to highlight the fact that the Bible speaks of two, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 47 says, the first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. So technically speaking, there are only two men. There are only two Adams in that in that particular sense. So as I was listening to to his talk, and he was talking about one, no, no wanting to be another Adam. That's he was he was missing what what the original Adam was and how Christ is must yeah. be the second man. Yeah. And that's like, yeah. that's missing federalism, you know, at a, at a basic level at some level. Yeah. Did, did you catch when he mentioned that Noah is the head of the church? Yes. Did you catch? <laughs> I missed that. Yeah. I was like, okay, you know, but there is, uh, you know, and that would be part of this whole thing, you know, that, that, yeah, it's just kind of... Um, Christ uh, is the head of the church. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm not even, we'll, we'll leave that for another episode. But, but you know, it's just, yeah. I mean, stuff like that comes out of Monica. Well, oh, wait, well. I know what you mean. Yeah, I thought he was just going in terms of he was the kind of patriarch at the moment. Yeah, well, that's you know, typically in, it. In you know, that he's... That's because yeah. he's mixing the two kingdoms. The uh, Head of government, head of church. Yeah. Yeah. We call it call it my uh, crypto well, dispensationalism, no, I think but I'm not even about the ark, a fan. That was in, in in the context of the ark. Was I know? So what point. you got to do though is you got to go like, okay, firstly, because it's not the church. Like, I mean, I, I don't even like talking like that, right? Maybe it's the Baptist in me. Maybe it's the crypto dispensationalist in me. But I am just not down with going. Yeah, well, like you know, look, theocratic Israel is the church. You know, it's just not true. The remnant was the church. The you know, um, that's fine. But you know, so you got to just qualify it in some way. True Israel. So like, yeah, Noah himself was obviously a believer. That's fine. Was Ham a believer? I don't know. <laughs> he does become the seed of the serpent <laughs> and Canaan afterwards. So you know, there's that. But but basically, you know, you just got to go listen. You know, what are we talking? Do we mean like visible? Do we mean like, you know, what do we mean? And so just when you make statements like the vicar of Christ, you know, or, or, or um, 
you know, the head of the church in Old or New Testament. You've just got to qualify that. It's a big statement. You've got to tell us what you mean. Yeah, what you mean. Especially when you're dissing Mandarin. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, um, I've forgotten what I was going to say now. It was, it was profound, but it's totally flat out. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, I feel it. Yeah. All right. I think that must be, uh, whew, that must be the end. Okay. Just yeah. I mean, stuff. yeah, I think it's, it is important to say that it's not, we're not doing a detailed critique of Gary yeah. Williams's talk. Yeah. And so Gary, you know, if you're listening is, right now, yeah, we should I get mean, Gary on. <laughs> you should get, Hey bro. You know, don't be so sure of that. It is the internet after all, you know, <laughs> maybe we should throw James White's name in there. Get some, get some <laughs> press get some and James then, uh, James White. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you. we were going to do James. We White. were going to do That's that. But... We were going to do, but it's all right. So to... maybe what we'll do is have we someone... done anything on the vaccines yet? Mm, I think so. Maybe, but hang on there. So there was a comment in our comment thing. Um, uh, when Andrea and I were talking about where is the lockdown line this is kind of related. So I'll just throw this in here as a little appendix. Um, uh, you know, hey, I'd love to see you engage with um, James White. So we looked at it, and to be honest, we were all a little bit like, I don't know that we disagree with anything he's saying, you know, to be honest. Like, it just sounded like, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden, it got a, turned into face masks. And so... It turned into you know, the American context and the American debate. And I, yeah. I don't really care what you do with your face mask. It's to be like, honest. only can, submit to the government when they're not telling you to disobey God, which is like what we've all been taught since as long as we've been Yeah, I mean, like church. no one disagrees then, with that. So that's why you shouldn't wear face masks. And <laughs> and that's just that. I mean, I just didn't see now, that coming. To, to, just, I mean, just to give props, all props to James White. I mean, dude, no matter how much I, I have, I shudder at the thought of having a conversation with James White. He knows his <laughs> stuff. He is one of my heroes in terms of just, I love the way he handles the text. So James, please don't shout at me if you're listening to this, but, <laughs> but, uh, it's just He's like, why, why even, and I, I, I suppose we were hoping for something really exciting. Cause then we, you know, there's yeah. rumors that he's gone the, the and he, had the, and, he had the whiteboard you know, out and he was doing the whole know. thing, you know. And so we all like jumped on, like, whoa, so the I was expecting yeah, like happen. something very controversial, yeah. totally. And it ended up so very, you know, anyway. So, but bottom line is, if you're wondering how we interacted, that it was just fine, we just agree with it. So, anyway, yeah. that, that was something more meatier to engage with. Yeah, we'll yeah. wait, we'll wait, we'll wait till we take James on, you know. We might even get him on, yeah. might even get him on, and we'll let Nick handle it. I'll be absent, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll just turn my, I'll just turn my video off. <laughs> just hired uh cool yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. so anyway so you know uh, bottom line you know talking about gary williams as well i think here's my suspicion i would actually true story if that talk continued to go the way it did i would like to talk to him personally and have him on if he was willing but just to just to because i pro I, I i actually think that we would actually end up agreeing with so much that you know yeah. just because that ends up being semantics based on and I, that would be my hope anyway that he's misunderstood a few things or or just has not taken them into account we're coming at it we're using different terminology different sharp edges but ultimately we're rounding it off to the same point uh very close anyway enough to be that able was, to live with yeah i just i remember my point from earlier oh. it was that i would have liked him to engage and i, I don't know we were probably we're wrapping up here but i would have liked him to engage more with the the relationship of you know, the kind of two covenants happening within Noah, mm. you know, so you have mm. a redemptive covenant and a common grace covenant. And mm. he did 
acknowledge that that was a thing, but I didn't really feel, you know, it, I think wow. it was in the second talk okay. that he acknowledged it, but I, I didn't. Well, really he acknowledged two cabinets, but only to make his point. At yeah, least no. In the first lecture. Yeah, no, it was in the second, it was in the second thing he references. But even then, I don't think he went as far as saying, I mean, I might be wrong. This is what I'm drawing from memory, but I don't think he went as far as saying that there were actually two covenants, um, you know, with a redemptive covenant and a common common grace covenant. But he did acknowledge that those two dynamics were there in Van Drunen. But I didn't feel like he really engaged with it. And I, I thought that that was a, you know, a real shame actually because i felt like a lot of the the objections that he was making would have actually been answered by that factoring in because it seemed like you're saying but obviously there's something redemptive here and and at that point i was saying well yeah there is obviously something redemptive there but that isn't the same as saying that you know um there's not a common grace covenant being made with no well it is crazy because if he's saying that you know and this is the thing you know that it is a redemptive covenant that that gets kind of expanded upon after the flood with the common grace covenant then what are we saying actually you know is this uh is do we get to bring the kingdom in do we get to redeem things to the point of you know like are you willing to go to that end result or you know what and if and it's usually yeah. in that he opened like, by saying he is critical of transformationalism so right it would be so he yeah, probably has a few it. angles there which is why i say it gets down to the semantic thing but hey he's in your country andre go get him he is that is go get him true just fact. go talk to him say hey gary i got to fetch him yeah go fetch him Gaza. um <laughs> so so <laughs> oh man so we love you gary and uh Pastors Academy is amazing. Keep going. Yeah. I still want right. to go there. So if you want to swing a, a scholarship my way. Seriously, we might even just ditch this whole client thing and just, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come for along. money. For enough money. Mm -hmm.